Warning, this podcast contains spoilers, but you shouldn't care. Welcome to Hey James, Watch This, a celebration of mediocrity. In this, and indeed every episode, Russ and Fry will try to convince their friend James why he should watch an absolutely unnecessary film. Hey James, Watch This. Hi everybody, welcome to Hey James, Watch This. I am James. I'm Russ. And I'm Fry. What are we going to talk about today, gentlemen? Thievery! Yay! <laughs> your your specification for a movie about thieves that isn't a heist movie, let me yes. tell you, that narrows the field a bit. <laughs> I thought it might. It certainly does, but I, I think we found one that may almost be the opposite of a heist. <laughs> Excellent. That is Excellent. a good way to describe it. I am so excited, you guys. I had no idea what you were going to come up with. Wow. Well. The uh, standings on untitled.txt sit at Fry 56, James 60. Ooh. And so this week's movie selections revolve around thievery. <laughs> These are movies with thieves. Um, some of them might be considered heist movies, but I don't care. So It's, it's okay for the, for the questions. That's fine. So away we go. This movie suggests that something mysterious is written on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, National treasure. National treasure is the correct answer. Uh, I was too busy being exasperated, yes. (laughs) Now, I I will finish that question because it's funny. Uh, It is true. Something is written on the back of the Declaration of Independence. It says, Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1776. And then there's a, another one that says, like, uh, do not file. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, the belief is that many papers were stored, rolled up, and the declaration is no exception. Mm. It is unknown who wrote that on the back of the Declaration of Independence. But it was certainly Nicolas Cage. <laughs> After he erased the map to the treasure. <laughs> Patrick Swayze was an accomplished skydiver. And actually took part in the big skydiving scene in Point this break. movie. Point Break is the correct answer. Oh yeah, nice. In total, I, he. I will specify the original Point Break. Not the yes, 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 the original. In total, he made fifty-five jumps, even though he told the insurance company he wasn't. That's awesome. <laughs> I, love that. I love that. Yes, he actually did train as a skydiver, but they made him stop for this movie, and then the movie had a skydiving scene, and he just went and did it anyway. <laughs> This movie marks the only time that Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro appeared on screen together. Oh, 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 yes. But what was it called? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is frustrating. I know what this movie is. (laughs) Uh, I don't have it. Co-stars Ed Norton, directed by Frank Oz. Mm, Yes, 2001 is the year on that one. Oh, it's oh oh! It's the island of Doctor Moreau. No. no, no, thievery, thievery. I don't have it. That is, no, the, I don't know. That is the score. Yes, ah, uh, the score. Yes, and that was a fraught production. Uh, Marlon Brando was at his largest and most Marlon Brando. In one scene, he refused to smile and yep. uh, <laughs> would frequently it did not get on well with Frank Oz. Or anyone, really. <laughs> he got on well with uh, Robert De Niro. And oh. in fact, in, at one point, he got so bad that Frank Oz gave De Niro an earpiece and had just had De Niro direct him. 
Mika, R- R- Brando well, and, would... and didn't Brando have like a, a like just a bevy of health problems? By oh yeah, time? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain. He was like very. He was basically sick. He shouldn't have been working. But he was also just an asshole. Like he he wouldn't call yes, Frank Oz yes. anything but Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> what an ass! Oh my god! I don't think you can do that at a workplace. Like that's that's harassment. <laughs> Hollywood. Well, Frank Oz did a lot of work on the Muppets, and yeah, so, yeah. no, I know he he voiced a bunch of the Muppets. Yeah, this yeah. is <laughs> this is the first Walt Disney Animation Studios movie to not feature any humans since Bambi in 1942. Zootopia. Uh, no, wait, think earlier. It? 1973 is the year on this one, and remember thievery. This the Robin. Oh, Robin movie? Hood. Well, I think Fry might have got that one by a nose. Ooh, yeah, I, think I will. So. Ch- I will right. check on the edit, but I think Fry got that one by a nose. I'll accept the ruling. That was that was Robin Hood, Jason Statham, <laughs> Transporter. Oh man, no, it's not Transporter. <laughs> oh, okay. I love to our patron saint. I I love starting a question with that. Jason Statham has worked as a street vendor selling questionable goods in real life, similar to the character he plays at the beginning of this movie. Oh, uh, uh, um, uh, yeah, Snatched. Snatch. Nope. Lock, stock, and two Lock, smoking stock, barrels. and two smoking barrels. Yeah. Nice. It, was, it had to be one of the two, and he's basically the same character, so I was like, okay. When Pam Greer walked in to audition for Quentin Tarantino, she recalled, there were all my posters from 20 years ago when I was just a piss and vinegar kid. And I said to Quentin, did you put these up because I was coming over? And he said, no, I was going to take them down because you were coming over. What movie was she auditioning for? Was that Pulp Fiction? It was not Pulp Fiction. No, Pam Greer, she's really cool. She's a good actress. I don't remember was she one of the characters in uh, Kill Bill? Oh, good guess. No, this was the movie right before Kill Bill. Oh, Hateful Eight. No, Hateful Eight was a long time after Kill Bill. Oh, yeah, the, my timelines are not as we've established. It's uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. We're on. We're, we're, we're going to be pruned if you boys keep this up. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. Jackie Brown. Oh, Oh, okay. In the original script to this movie, King Agamemnon is introduced as the warrior took off his helmet, revealing someone that looks exactly like Sean Connery or an actor of equal but cheaper stature. To writer, (laughs) producer, and director Terry Gilliam's surprise, the script ended up in Connery's hands. He expressed interest, and he got the part. Oh, 1981 is the year yeah. on that one. Huh. Oh, oh, oh. This is this is also Robin Hood. Nope. Oh, because he was Richard I, the Lionheart. King Agamemnon, that, that's Greek, right? Oh, right. Duh, Agamemnon. I forgot. I had... Was he involved with the... the... He, was, he, he wasn't in a production of Hannibal, was he? No. no, that's the wrong time and everything. Fry, sorry, what were you saying? Was, was he involved with the... I don't remember my, my Greek mythology very well. Was he involved in the, the Trojan War? Well, uh, he may have been, but this movie is quite a bit more fantasy than that. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, can, I can see we are all over the place on this one. That is Time Bandits. I never saw that. Uh, never did either. I would oh, recommend yeah. it. It is Terry Gilliam at his most feverish. Yeah, the Terry Gilliam part was really throwing me off because I was thinking more like, what was that one of Brad Pitt where he, he exclusively stabbed people in between the shoulder blade and the neck? Troy. Oh, you're thinking of Troy. Troy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that really threw me off. 
I kind of feel bad for including this one with the, with the recent news, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Bruce Willis oh, yeah. received a story credit for this movie, and it was his only attempt at screenwriting. There were frequent on-set script rewrites as a result of him just sort of throwing ideas around. We get a year? 1991. 91. Oh. Lots of fedoras and overcoats. Oh. Hmm. No one has seen this movie and said, I was pleased with that decision. <laughs> Oh, shoot. It's, I feel like it's in the back of my mind. It's definitely not anywhere in mind, so this is your, your chance. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't have it. I don't have it. Hudson Hawk. Yes. Okay, that's... Yep. The movie you saw once on TBS with commercials. Well, I saw it when I was a little kid, so I don't remember it that well, but I do remember enjoying it, so... Well, I'm counting on you two to get these last two. <laughs> Rather than dubbing in the gunshots during the bank robbery, Michael Mann had microphones carefully placed around the set so that the audio was captured live. This adds to the impact of the scene because it sounded like no other gunfight to that point on screen. What year? 1995. There's so many movies with a bank robbery, though. Yeah. Yes. And also gunshots. Most of the <laughs> bank robberies wind up having... Who would have thought that thievery movies and robberies would have gunshots involved? <laughs> It's not Hancock, is it? <laughs> no, think more. Think more Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer. Oh, oh. She got so him. The heat. heat. Heat is the correct answer. Who said uh, it first? There you go. Heat no, is such James. a good movie. I said the saint. Oh. <laughs> she got a great ass. Heat is a really good movie, but it's so long you can only watch it once a decade. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, this movie has killed a person. In 1989, when this movie was shown in theaters in Denmark, a Danish audiologist named Ole Benson laughed himself to death during the scene where Michael Palin's character gets french fries or chips up the nose. Wow. <laughs> and it's about thievery. It's about thievery. With thievery and someone gets french fries up their nose. Yes. Well, Michael Palin is probably the important part there. Yes. Um, I don't know who that is. Is that Sarah Palin's husband? No, Michael Palin is a member of Monty Python and has been yes. in just so many movies. Yes. Hmm. Did a lot of travelogues for a while, too, for whatever reason. Man, I'd love to do travelogues. That would shred. Well, all, all famous British uh, actors... It's true. They all have to TV do travelogues. Yes. Yeah. Well, they become TV presenters, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Nothing on it. So, nothing. so no John Cleese, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Klein. Oh, well, shoot. Love this movie. John Cleese and Jamie uh, Lee I've watched Curtis. it in the past year. In the same movie about thievery. I don't have it. You really got nothing? <laughs> that is a Sorry. fish called Wanda. Oh, okay, God. yeah. God, I I'm, I think I saw half of that once when I was when I was a little too young to be watching it. Oh man, I love. I, that I just movie. imagine people listening to this podcast and just screaming at us, <laughs> and just yeah, screaming. <laughs> if that's you, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's we're sorry. <laughs> There's a, a running bit where Kevin Klein Kevin Klein won an Oscar for this movie, and it's a comedy, <laughs> and yeah. he he plays an absolutely inept thief um but he thinks he's very very brilliant and right. he has and he has an ongoing love affair with jamie lee curtis who is trying to seduce john cleese's character for plot reasons oh my god it's spectacularly funny in the script when kevin klein and jamie lee curtis are making love she gets really turned on when he speaks italian but the thing is 
Kevin Klein doesn't speak Italian, and the right. script didn't give him any Italian to speak. So he's just saying. <laughs> and so he he begged that he he was like, please let me speak French. I can speak French. Just it's another romance language. Just and the, and the director was like, no, you're speaking Italian. And so he and so he's like he's screaming out like mozzarella, like it's it's all ad lib. And there's so many places where characters are like visibly breaking on screen and like covering their face with things. Like, so damn funny <laughs> there's a bit amazing. where there's a bit where he orgasms and and puts on the best face ever and to keep from ruining the scene jamie lee throws pillows over her face it's so uh, <laughs> it's that's funny oh anywho well, i'll shut up about a fish called wanda because that uh, uh let's see that was three to fry and two to james so that brings our standings to james 62 fry 59 oh man i didn't lose anywhere near as much ground as i thought i had i'm still narrowing the ground that's true losing the gap well thieves do we have today, <laughs> thieves i'm trying to get over my completely illogical dislike for jesse plemons like, I don't know. I don't know what it is about him. So yeah. we bring you 2022. This boy just came out. And we bring you Windfall. Windfall. All right. Take it away, Fry. So I, I mentioned at the beginning that this was almost the exact opposite of a heist. Yes. And I want to just spend a moment on that. In a heist <laughs> okay. movie, you maybe have to put together a team. This is one guy. Perfect. The the team might have a variety of skills. This man has no skills. <laughs> Perfect. The team would have an elaborate plan. This man has no plan. Okay. <laughs> None whatsoever. So we really might be talking about attempted thievery here. No, no. This the there is some successful thieving. You know, someone ah, okay. get, someone gets some money. <laughs> One other thing I like about this movie is none of the characters have names. <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect. This is one there, less thing to remember. There are four characters. There's the CEO, there's his wife, there's the robber, and there's the gardener. And that is <laughs> all of the people we see on screen. I hope they didn't try to make this a mystery in any way. No. Well, oh, I mean, no. Well, it, a it has bit, slightly actually. mysterious aspects, but I get yeah. the feeling that this would work really well as a stage play. I knew um, you were yeah. going to say that. And uh, Jesse Plemons, uh, Jason Siegel, Lily Collins, and I know the gardener has a name. Omar Leva, <laughs> the, the actor. Okay. Um, and it was Siegel's idea, and he pitched it as like a COVID project because ah. like it's a very few amount of people, and they can film it in one location. Less than yeah. 10 people, yes. All right. They're often also quite well distanced on the screen. <laughs> so we've got uh, the robber just kind of hanging around this nice estate, really. Mm-hmm. It's got you know, or- an orange grove, and we see him just kind of relaxing and just enjoying his time there. And then he, he finally gets around and starts like rifling through the place, and we're like, ah, oh, he's probably not supposed to be here. <laughs> uh, especially what with the way he's using a like a, a hand towel to wipe his prints off everything he touches. <laughs> he peed Go. directly in the shower. Yes, he did pee directly <laughs> in the he shower. He doesn't doesn't turn the shower on. He just steps right. into the shower and pees. That's so weird. So and then he starts, you know, like going through, you know, trying to find all the money in the house. You know, he finds finds one stack of bills, sees that they've got a, a gun hidden in the, the bedroom. Uh-huh. And he, he 
is just about to leave when, wouldn't you know it, the CEO and his wife come to their vacation home earlier than expected. As he's like right by the front door, they, they start coming in. You know, I think this is a good movie. I think the stakes are nice and low. <laughs> yeah. And this is just <laughs> something we can watch. Yeah, this guy's gotten away with maybe a thousand dollars and like yeah. a glass of orange juice. Yeah, yeah and he got a free pee. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, if if he leaves right now, they maybe don't even notice what happened. Yeah, they don't. Or, or, they a hundred percent don't notice. And, or like realize it's completely not worth following up on. Just beef up security and move on. Yeah, Lily Collins has like a throwaway line where she, she she's like, "Oh, the orange juice is open. Did you tell Debbie we were coming?" You know, right, right. One thing leads to another. Uh, he, is, he is unable to escape the house without detection. <laughs> and, and it turns into a movie about one of those people who live in someone else's house and they don't know about it. Oh, they know about it. And he it's a Parasite prequel. <laughs> he takes the wife hostage and then takes the, oh. the man hostage. With the gun, uh, I presume? Well... <laughs> unclear at this point. Okay. Uh, we're, we're, meant to be, we're meant to be a little uncertain. I, okay. Spoiler: No, he did not have the gun at this point, but he—he ah. uh, he was sure acting like he did. Mm, 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 mm. This is played as no one has any idea what they're doing. Yeah, like right. it's someone who has clearly never committed a crime, and people right. who have clearly never had crimes committed against them, because everyone's very uncertain about like you—you you, get on the get on the couch, get on the couch, get get, get on the couch, and like why. So, so this is this is a guy who just was working in his office one day, and he got a wild hair up his butt, and he was like, "I'm going to go rob somebody." Well, we actually do find out a little bit about his backstory. Uh, mm-hmm. So, the CEO, the reason he is so famous is apparently he came up with an algorithm that helps companies downsize efficiently. And oh, okay, I, I know the whole plot now. Thank you. You know the whole plot. I don't even know any further. Thank you. No. Uh, I <laughs> The movie also assumed at this point you get the whole plot. Yeah, all right, I got you. Mm-hmm. So he, Unless there's a twist at the end, and he's just a random person. What an unsatisfying twist that would be. <laughs> so he, he sits them down, and they're like, all right, well, you got us. What do you, what do you want? You want some money? I can get you some money. That's what I have a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> we can absolutely help you with that. It's sort of my area of yeah. uh, speciality. <laughs> So they go into the uh, the office where he's got some more money stashed away in various places. And he gets out the money. <laughs> and, you know, they're just kind of like trying to keep him cool. They're like, yeah, you know what? We're going to give you the money. You're going to go. We're, we don't need to tell anybody about this. This is barely enough money for us to notice. <laughs> and uh, so he he gets the money. And he decides, well, i gotta got to figure out how to make my escape. Can't just like leave them here and like walk away, or they'll they'll certainly call the police immediately. This guy robs like Lunk would rob. <laughs> 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 so he walks around the place a bit, and <laughs> he comes up with the brilliant idea to barricade them inside their sauna. So he <laughs> he pushes them in there. <laughs> he just starts piling up furniture against the door to the sauna. I mean, on the face of it, it doesn't seem like the worst idea. I presume he took their cell phones. Yes, he yes. did take their cell yeah. phones. That was the first thing he did. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like... that. That's not the dumbest thing a movie character's done that we've talked about so yeah. far. He's got them barricaded in. He tells them to wait at least an hour before trying to get through the barricade. Mm-hmm. 
And he leaves. He's, he just walks back to his car that's parked alongside the side of the road. And he gets in. And he's just he's just about gone. This, the, high, the movie was just almost done. <laughs> Everyone's successful. No one gets hurt. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, he sees a security camera on the tree directly in front of his car. <laughs> capturing his face, his, his license plate. It's all the information anyone would need to arrest well, this man. At that point, it's already in the cloud. You might as well run. You're not gonna. It's not gonna find something on. Like this isn't taking place in the 80s, presumably. The, the CEO delivers that exact line. Yes, he's like, yeah, it's in the cloud. There's not like a hard drive. What, you can what just do you? Take. Yeah, you, you're not gonna. You can't do anything here. Like it's already on. It's in the internet. Yeah. <laughs> he decides this is a problem with his plan, so he, he goes back inside. See, this uh, is why he was fired. He doesn't think things through. <laughs> this is not a man who has thought anything through in a while. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so he unbarricades them, and he, he does, we do see him take the gun at this point. Yeah. Uh, so now he is armed. And <laughs> he unbarricade them. Why wouldn't he just... Well, he didn't, well, he didn't unbarricade them. They kind of just shoved their way out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, because, I mean, it, it was a crack-locking job. I mean, there was at least a sofa and something else. Like, there was some lawn furniture piled up against it. Yeah. Like, I L- mean, Literally shoving a chair under the door handle is more effective than that. I don't yeah. think there was, like, a handle as such. Like, maybe, oh. like, a kind of a pool tab or something. Oh, but, right, one of those. Yeah. yeah, okay, gotcha. This movie is so painful because... Everything that every person does is the dumbest possible thing they could yes. do. I yes. loved every yeah, I was watching it, and it's presented as a black comedy, but it feels like an episode of Arrested Development. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it does. That is exactly what it feels like. So the robber gets back in there. He sits them down again, you know, this time pointing the gun at them. To after, them. after a lengthy pursuit through the orange grove. Yes, there was a, a, a long awkward run through the like because <laughs> neither of these people are in a in a state to be doing a lot of running yeah it's sort of a light jog uh, how long is this movie 90 minutes okay he's credited as nobody which i really enjoy <laughs> um but the, the, there's a bit where they're running through the orange grove and he catches up to the ceo and he goes i've got you that means you have to stop <laughs> yeah. oh it's so good so he gets him back, and he's like, well, well, now I'm going to need enough money to start a new life. Because I have to disappear, because now I'm on this... And the thought that he even would be able to do this is... If someone is monitoring those cameras, you should have just left, bud. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to need $150,000. And they're like... That's not enough! What are you talking like, about? And their immediate response is, that is in no way enough money to start a new life. <laughs> and... So what follows is the best negotiating scene I've ever seen. Oh my god! They go from one hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand to three million, which, <laughs> which the CEO then explains is going to be a pain to carry around because money yep. is heavy. Yep, it and sure is. One thing leads to another, and they settle on five hundred thousand dollars. The but only thing heavier to carry around than money is like jugs of water because it yeah. fills more space. Like it is really heavy. So they have this long, you know, this long negotiation. They end up on five hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! And and so the robber's like, okay, well, get me the money and I'll leave. And the CEO's like, you, can, you realize you can't just you, you realize right? 
can't you realize we don't keep our money ATM. in bags with dollar signs on them, right? Yeah, there's not a room here where I swim in money. Yeah. I don't have like a Scrooge McDuck tower, bud. So he's got to call his assistant to, oh to transfer God. the money. And I, I love how this, this guy is thinking like a cartoon. And at this point, the rich people actually sound like better people like even though he got the guy fired like they sound like they're more aware of the world around them and oh. i don't think that's the message the movie was going oh, no, for. Don't, don't worry i may have missed a few things there this the ceo is totally disconnected from the real world oh yeah. okay all right, all right and definitely a jerk and yeah the wife pretty clearly hates him <laughs> but like you know it's oh no don't kill CEO. my husband yeah Definitely don't kill my husband, please. <laughs> the CEO gets on the call, and there's a whole argument because the CEO's like, every time I call my assistant, I do it on a video call. So, so, so hold on, hold on one sec. Before this gets worse, I want to ask a question. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, at this point, he hasn't actually taken the money off of their property or Correct. whatever he stole. Yeah. C- correct. So, he could drop it all now. Unload the gun, leave the gun, and run. Well, and the worst case scenario is he's going to get charged with like trespassing and probably battery. Well, they've got like him that. on a B and E and a, and a uh, unlawful imprisonment. Yeah, sure, so sure, he, yeah. He's but, got but a I few mean, years like, in prison coming. But like, it it could get so much worse. Like, it could, oh. but it could get so much better with five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> he's not going to be able to keep it. <laughs> So the, the call happens, and there's an interesting little bit of information dropped during the call. Alice, the secretary, asks, is, is Debbie back? When the CEO says he needs 500000 in cash delivered to his, his vacation house. And we don't know who Debbie is? Or? We don't well, know you can Debbie surmise. Gotcha. You can, right. You can, it's not the wife. Yeah, it's so. his mistress. We, yeah, we get it. It's yeah. fine. She had apparently signed an NDA, so definitely his mistress. <laughs> So the best the the best thing is so fucking do. weird. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like being in a position where you have to make people that you just want to have sex with sign NDAs because everything around you is a is a fucking trash fire. That's an experience that I almost want to have. You walk out the door and their assistant is standing there with a clipboard and it's like uh, right <laughs> oh, here oh, and you here's be your the gift basket. Signing. <laughs> Oh, you I mean, want to be the person signing? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I got you. That's certainly an interesting position to be in. And they give especially you a nice gift basket. With... There's towels in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, I mean, they, especially they... if it comes with five hundred thousand dollars, they get you a taxi to the airport and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so the problem is, it's now the afternoon, and you can't just call a bank and say, "I need a duffel bag with five hundred thousand dollars in it, delivered in an hour." <laughs> and so it's going to take until tomorrow evening to get the the money here. I, yeah, I would imagine that it is not particularly easy to withdraw that amount of money in cash. Yeah. So now the robber has to keep them hostage for a whole day and night. <laughs> this guy is digging a hole deeper than the guy in... It's just uh, getting worse and worse for him. What yeah, was that this, movie is, the, this is worse than Vivarium. Yeah, where the, where the husband's digging a this is This guy is going way deeper. The CEO gets an idea. He tells his wife... To get close to the robber, maybe try to get him to let his guard down so that uh, they can escape or, or overpower him or, or something. He didn't really flesh out the plan. No one, this no is, one ever has a plan. This is a bad plan, but 
in this world, I mean, they're all kind of sort of mentally equal, by which I mean they're all pretty dumb. And I think that, yeah, like I can see it working, maybe. It doesn't. Mm. I mean, it's, <laughs> they do get a little bit closer, but it, it's really more of a time for the wife to basically show just how unhappy she is. <laughs> oh, I'm into, I'm into bring this up. The, Lily Collins, mm. we keep throwing her name around. She was in Tolkien. She was Edith Tolkien. Oh, okay. Yes, she, yes. Gotcha, gotcha. I knew gotcha. I recognized her from somewhere recent. She of the attack eyebrows. <laughs> so the next day rolls along, and they're just hanging out. Just, they've watched some movies at this point. <laughs> just, just waiting for the gardener to show or waiting for the uh, the money to show up. Yeah, where does the gardener come into all this? Glad the gardener you're comes in now. Ah. They see the car pull up. The gardener comes to the door. Because he doesn't usually come when the CEO is there. He's usually just... Right. The C- this is the CEO's vacation home, after all. Right. And so he wanted to introduce himself and get some time to, to talk to the CEO. And so he's insistently knocking on the door while the robber's trying to hold everyone at gunpoint and just say, just be quiet. So finally, the CEO has to go out and talk to him. Is anyone tied up at this point? Well, they have no. been a few times. Have they been tied up at this point? Or does that come the later? The wife, the wife was tied up. Had yeah. been tied up once. The rubber had tried to tie up the CEO's hands, and it just fell apart instantly. And the CEO just put his hands back. That's in right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So he, he doesn't know his knots. He's uh, he's not at all prepared to uh, hold people hostage. Okay. I mean, they have. They probably have tape somewhere. <laughs> You'd think so. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> the CEO has a quick chat with the gardener, and the gardener goes back to work. And they're all huddled in the, the master bedroom, listening just awkwardly. We have this great shot. <laughs> you two, just, lay down on the bed. Now kiss a little. <laughs> the, Sorry. <laughs> the camera's in the middle of the room, and it's just rotating around on all oh of them standing God. there. With the familiar sounds we've all heard it of, like, <laughs> someone weed-whacking slowly getting closer to the room. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I think they're, oh, they must be right at the wall. It's as loud as it could be, and then it gets a little bit louder. <laughs> Now, here's a question. How much of what happens next do we want to reveal? Because this is where shit starts getting meaty, and I'm wondering how interested James is. That's a good, that's a good question. James, what's your, what's your temperature on this? Uh, you will have to make your decision and live with it. Oh, okay. Because uh, he seems pretty interested. Because okay. I, I, at this point, I'm kind of ambivalent. Fry, let's give him, let's give him the next big beat and then cut okay. off after that one. So the sound cuts off, and the the robber, just being very nervous, just wants to get eyes on the gardener, see what he's doing. And so he peeks out the window right as the gardener looks directly at that window and sees a strange person's <laughs> face. And so he immediately comes to the door again, and the CEO is finally forced to introduce uh, the robber as his wife's cousin. <laughs> at that point... The robber is desperately trying to wrap up the conversation, but the CEO is kind of getting a little just funny, and he decides let's let the let's just talk to the the gardener a while, see where things go. Mm-hmm. And so the gardener like takes them on a tour of the work he's done in the garden and the work he wants to do, like his plans for how he wants to improve this garden. Mm-hmm. And the wife and the robber are both kind of like, we should get out of here. This is. You know, you should go. This has been fun, but we've got things to do. And and the CEO just won't have it. He just keeps 
missing the hints or ignoring the hints and, and going along with the conversation. Now there's three people and one person with a gun. None of them are restrained or tied up. And the person who has the gun has presumably never fired a gun. Before. Yes. Yes. This is all true. This is the... Ugh. All right. Now here's where stuff gets good. The gardener shows the, the CEO the plans of what he wants to build and asks him to sign off on it. Uh-huh. And presents the CEO with a, a pen and the piece of paper. And he starts quickly writing something that's maybe his signature. Uh, we, we can't see it at the time. And this spooks the robber enough that he, he hurriedly cuts things off and, and pulls everyone inside. Mm-hmm. And tells the gardener, hey, have a nice day and all that. And they watch from inside as the gardener is walking around. And he finally thinks to look at what was actually written on that piece of paper. And unfortunately, it's what is written are the words, call 911. So he very quickly tries to get back to his truck where his phone is, but the robber could tell that his, his demeanor had changed immediately mm-hmm. as soon as he saw what was written on the paper. So he goes out there with the gun, and he, he takes him hostage as well. So now oh we have my God, please. three official hostages. All, I mean, at all, this point, just kidnap the whole town. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many more people are going to wind up kidnapped by this it's guy? It's a big house. You can fit a lot of people in with your barricading skills. So is this is this where you want, or did you want let's, the next? Let's little... let's give him one more. All right. So this is where things go ahead. This is where things really start to pick up. <laughs> okay. Because the CEO has noticed there have been no shots fired. Mm-hmm. There has been no really beatings or anything significant. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like he's not really that kind of person. It's like, huh? Maybe this isn't a threat. Maybe now it's three against one, and. We should stop the charade. So he starts just arguing with the, the robber and and telling him, like, hey, you're not going to do anything. He even points the gun at him. You're not going to do anything. You've never done anything. You're a nobody. And at that point, the robber shoots the gun over his head to at least, he doesn't actually hit him, but he wants yeah. to show, hey, I have a fucking gun that shoots real bullets and they will be <laughs> inside you if you don't stop this. Right. And this is the last straw for the gardener, mm-hmm. who is also not restrained in any way. Yeah. And so he gets up and takes off running through a glass door, which he falls into, slices his neck open with, and dies. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> so now we really? have another problem. <laughs> no, not really, no. It's, I mean, this is... Now we have bodies to bury. from the start. And right after that, as they're, as they're trying to uh, calm things down and the husband and the CEO and the wife are trying very much not to be killed, the CEO says, look, I've got people who can handle this sort of thing. Just let me make a call and we can clean this up for you. Which is an interesting little uh, bit of information about the CEO that the robber was very surprised by as well. I think they're just making a point about when you're really rich, you can sort of get access to whatever you want. I, is that like is that true? Is like when you deposit your first. Million, I don't know. I'm the, not really rich. <laughs> does the bank hand you like a pamphlet and like, all right, here by the way, if you kill somebody, these are the numbers. <laughs> no, I think you just you hobnob with people, and eventually someone is going to be a little shady. Well, I heard that if you bank with Chase or something, and well, like there's a cutoff. <laughs> if you're rich, you don't have to like wait for tellers or anything like that, and so like it's automated now. And so like if you deposit more than three million dollars with Chase. They just send you the the number, like the private number. <laughs> I, I love From what I understand, I, I have no idea if this is, this is that's true. I don't have three million dollars, but you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't really know, but I mean, I think it's 
it's one of those common urban legends. I, we don't know if it's true, but it seems like it could be, right? Yeah. So I'm going to stop the, the retelling here to okay. leave, you, leave you a little bit curious how the third act finishes out. All right. Russ. Absolutely. Philosophize. I'm thinking about marketing a, a, a Hey James t-shirt where the quote is, one thing leads to another. <laughs> I did do or, that like three times in this description. Well, you do oh, it a lot. I, I, thought, and I, thought, yeah. I thought you were going to say Chase Bank. It only takes three million only to kill someone. Million. Why do people want more? Hmm. What is it about us, humans, that makes us want more? Now, there are three of us sitting here. And all of us are envious of something that the others possess. Hmm. It can be something small. It can be something big. Why is that? None of us have any material reason to be unhappy. All of our needs are met. So, why do we want more? Good question. Gallery? Why? Uh, It's got to stem from some kind of evolutionary survival instinct, right? Okay. Well, I mean, you can always... It's easy to see people who have something that you don't have and imagine imagine that life and imagine how nice if i had that but then what if you're someone that has no equal why does jeff bezos want more why does elon musk want more for that matter why do they care which one of them is richer it literally doesn't make a difference in their entire life like if you have more money than you can spend in 10 lifetimes what's the point and yeah. so then yeah. I started going the other direction with it. I started looking into the minimalist movement, you know, where they like live in small right. houses and yeah, get yeah. rid of. And guess what I found? There are minimalists who strive to be the most minimalist. <laughs> of course there are. They want to be more minimalist. Ugh. So whatever you are, whatever you're trying to get, it's hardwired. So why? Yeah. And so I, I got really interested in this. And so Olivia Goodhill has a good article in Quartz, and she writes, What's the sign of a life well-lived? If you were to judge by LinkedIn resumes alone, you might be impressed by prestigious job titles and accolades. But in person, the importance of these formal achievements quickly fades away. Nobody's deepest yearning, except maybe for Patrick Bateman, is to be a salaried professional whose only goal is to get a table at a nice restaurant. Yeah. Now, I yeah. am very guilty of this. I was mopey the other day, and I had this thought. I have never done a single thing in my life. I've never accomplished anything. And not only is that brazenly untrue, it's also amazingly unhealthy. Because if you think like that, then any accomplishment you defeat before you've even achieved it. Yeah, cause what 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 do you mean when you say accomplishment? You have to define these terms. Yeah. You know, if there's a specific thing you wanted and you tried and you didn't get it, eh, that's you can't win them all, right? And James, you were correct. It is evolutionary. Here yeah. is the bad news. Neuroscience has confirmed, I'm going to talk about a study in just a minute. To be happy, you always need more. Mm. And at least every mammal on Earth experiences this. Yeah. Wow. So there will never be a point. There will never be a peak. There will never be any moment in your life where you're like, I've achieved enough and I've done everything I could want. Except maybe when you die. Yeah. I mean, think about squirrels, right? But here's the good news. The act of seeking rather than realizing goals is what creates feelings of satisfaction. Right. 
Would you say another way to phrase that is journey before destination? Oh, journey. <laughs> yes, I would. I would say that. What's the most important step a man can take? Always the next. The next one. Uh, mm. This is the most Dutch name I've ever seen in my life. Neuroscientist Dr. <laughs> Jak Panksepp argues in their book, Effective Neuroscience, that all mammals have a hardwired system wherein dopamine, that is your pleasure chemical, is involved in coordinating or planning novel activities. Animals, mm -hmm. our brains, are rewarded for exploring and seeking new information for survival. It can also explain why, if you take rats and put them in an empty tank, no stimulation, no mental fun, just walls, but you give them a button that shocks them, mm -hmm. okay? So your only option in this box is pain or nothing. Right. They hit the pain button over and over and over again. Because, because it's better to have something than nothing. Yeah. Because the experience of something, anything, even if it's painful, is better than a lack of experience. So, Man, that's a really uh, that's a really rough uh, experiment there from, from yes. the ethical point of view. <laughs> so what is the solution? And short of a lobotomy, <laughs> there really isn't one. I mean, you, you'd yeah. have to cut out the lizard center of your brain, except for appreciation. And it takes an intentionality to look where you are now in comparison to, to where you were. So yeah. looking at professed lives or social media lives of other people is an instant unhappiness and creates jealousy and yeah. want and knock that off. Those lives aren't real. Anything you see on social media is not real. And I was lucky enough to learn an idea that I want to share with everyone. Remember, when you wanted everything you have now. Yeah. Mm. Because one day, you will have everything that you want now. Yep. And you'll still yeah. feel the same. Or you'll be dead, in which case, no problem. <laughs> so, just take a minute. You can't stop yourself from wanting more. But you can take that want and channel it into something productive. Right. Yeah. And as Windfall shows us, there are good ways to go about this, and there are not so good ways to go about this. <laughs> well, that was good, Russ. That was uh, reflective and thoughtful, and I liked it. Um, hmm. I have a couple of suspicions about this movie, and I'm going to voice them out loud, and you may respond as you see fit. <laughs> All right. I mean, obviously the movie's an idiot plot, but it's sort of a comedy, so we can bypass that. Oh, I forgot about uh, the soundtrack. Movie... Oh, my God, the soundtrack is its own character. <laughs> this movie sounds like it really drags for about 90% of it. <sighs> Act one is really good. Act two is super draggy. Act three is a roller coaster. Yeah. And the other problem I have is that, you know, black comedies are fine, but they still need to be, like, genuinely funny. And this <laughs> one sounds like it has a lot of hit and miss as far as that goes. Well, that's subjective. I, I was like, it I, is subjective. I, I texted Fry in the middle of it. I was like, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my yeah, entire life. Yeah, it's true. I, I, was, I was laughing a lot during this movie, too. So here's, here's the decision I have to make. This is a little more tactical than we usually get. If I decide to watch this movie, or if I don't decide to watch it, will the next one be worse? <laughs> well, I have no idea, because I have one that yeah. I want to do next, and I don't know if Fry is mm. on the same page, because I wanted to do... It was number three on the list I sent yeah. you, and it involved an actor who... 
I, I, well, don't spoil it. I can't say a whole lot. It was it was no, the no, futury no. one, Fry. Do you remember the one? Yeah, no, I, I know what you're talking okay. about. I, yeah, I think I'm going to give this one a miss, guys. I think this would probably bore the crap out of me. Okay. I, I think you're making a mistake, but it's it's. Yeah, sorry, boys. Right. I, I gotta. I, I just. I gotta go with my gut instinct here. You have made some excellent arguments, and just and the descriptions for I were vivid, and I was able to imagine the scenes in the film. And the problem is that what I was imagining didn't sound like a movie I wanted to watch. So, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. But uh, yes, well done, gentlemen. So thievery once more. All right. And uh, let's see. Does anyone have anything that they would like to recommend to the listeners? Well, rewatched uh, Spider-Man No Way Home because it's streaming now, and damn, that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's, it's really, really good. good. I need I need to watch that one. I'm not a huge superhero fan, but I'll watch that one and see what's uh, see if I like it. On the uh, on the same superhero uh, bandwagon, I mm-hmm. watched all of Peacemaker in the last week. <laughs> it is really funny. Oh man, I I need to watch that because every single minute of it is filmed like right outside my window. <laughs> like oh, there's so much. Hilarious. Like every bit of Peacemaker is filmed in Vancouver. I, uh, uh, can can you hang out with John Cena? I want to know if he's a cool guy. Thing is, this is really irritating. But whenever whenever they're filming something like that. I get minute by minute updates on where John Cena is, like like what <laughs> restaurants he's at, and like and, uh, yeah, that's hilarious. So you so you could is I what could you're yes, yeah. I if you cannot walk onto a closed set, I don't think they'll they'll like that. <laughs> Jumping on that bandwagon myself, I'll say I recently watched The Suicide Squad, the newer one with the Shark Man in it. And <laughs> I don't I don't really like superhero movies, but this one it was funny. Uh, in a way, you know, if you kind of turn your brain off, and there's a couple chuckles in there. So. Yeah. Yes, Russ. Hand. Oh, oh, yes. Thank you. Ah, wonderful. Yes, that that gag will work very well on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, he was raising his hand, and I thought he meant. He I'm going to edit speak, it out. Weird, I just because he's never done that there. before. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's well if, you, this. if you enjoyed mm-hmm. Peace, or if you enjoyed Suicide Squad, check out Peacemaker. I, I will. Yeah, I, I I do like the character. And I've heard, read some things about the show, and I will check it out. So, excellent. Well, let's wrap it up, boys. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Hey James Watch This. Have a great day, and don't drink bleach.